Hello, welcome to the Bourbon Boys. <clears throat> this is going to be a um, bonus ep, I guess. Um, it's going to be a quick hitter review, but this one's going to be a little bit different because I'm also going to introduce, because I want to do a new segment called CM's Corner. CM is me. Uh, Chad, Michael. Michael's my middle name, so CM is going to be a new I almost want to interject it on episodes that I've already recorded possibly but this is going to be the first foray into that uh, because I've got a lot to say on a current issue but I've got a lot of episodes that are pre-recorded that I want to get out uh, excuse me um, so the review portion of this is going to be uh, filibuster distillery putting out a single barrel pick for modern liquor, fine wine and spirits. This is a 15 year old MGP pick. I thought it was cast strength. It's 114.10. So it's got to be pretty close to cask. It's a 15-year-old MGP, which means it was made by Seagram's of originally, <clears throat> now owned by MGP. So a lot of people, uh, crazy, crazy Nas being one of them, pointing out the fact that current MGP offerings are a little bit different than old MGP offerings because old MGP offerings were made by Seagram's, which was bought by MGP. So original bottlings of Smooth Ambler, um, uh, more recently of Blom Brothers, were originally MG, were originally Seagram's, not MGP. Same mash bill, but it's sort of like the difference between old turkey and new turkey. It's it's going to be a little bit different, and the older runs seem to be a little bit better at this point. But it's all a matter of taste. I mean, it's subjective, just like. Uh, your wife or husband's looks subjective to what you think. So, but before we start, I want to start off the new segment of uh, CM's Corner. That's preliminary. I don't know if we're going to fall on that name or not, but I kind of like it just because I like the name CM. And this week we're going to talk, or this segment, not going to be a week because hopefully I'm only going to talk for five minutes and then we'll do the review pretty quick. So we'll still get in under, under 10 minutes. <coughs> I just, this week is really exemplified or really pushed to the forefront of my mind the fact that how whiskey uh, groups or whiskey people have sort of changed. And I don't know if it's me that's changed or the people themselves. I don't know if it's the uh, <clears throat> everybody gets a trophy generation coming into whiskey a little bit more now. So now people tend to be a little more uh, uh, entitled, so to speak. I had a guy message me yesterday who I'd had a negative interaction with before and uh, just messaged me out of the blue. Hey, how do I get in Mythical? <clears throat> well, first of all, if we hadn't had a negative interaction, I wouldn't let you in. Because it's a personal group. It's my group. I run it. Single barrel picks. 
whatever. I've let plenty of people in the past year in that I know vaguely to have pretty good friendships with. If they message me and they're like, hey, how do I get in? If I've had good interactions with you over the past few years, I'll let you in. I don't have a problem with that. If you seem like a good dude, fine. But to just message somebody out of the blue, hey, how do I get in? You don't. That's not how this whole thing works. This ain't a uh, BSM group where we let thousands of people in. This is a group that there's less than 100 in. And it's basically at my discretion, which <laughs> for good or bad, depending on who you are, uh, it's st- it's still my discretion. And once I told him, it was like, you know, we had this bad interaction before, so pretty much it's not going to happen. And then he found out or remembered what happened before and then decided to call me a douche and all this other stuff. And then said something about, I've never blocked anybody or I don't hold grudges. And then at the end of the conversation, he blocked me and I was actually really nice. This is a lot different than what would have happened two years ago, three years ago for I had a kid probably has milled me out quite a bit, but before the kid, even before I moved to Kentucky or moved up here, completely different interaction would have happened because I would have just gone on the offensive and just nailed this dude with all kinds of insults. And But that's not who or what I am anymore. I mean, some people still put me in that category, but that's not true anymore. So anyway, that happened. And another guy that I've been friends with for a long time or a friendly with friends used to be friends, friendly more currently uh, asked why he wasn't in the group anymore. And I said, well, we're friendly, but we're not friends anymore. And you've done stuff to me that I didn't like. And that's why I've removed you from the group because I'm not, it's tough because I don't want to say, uh, maybe I am holding a grudge. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like I'm holding a grudge, but at the same time, I have to levy some sort of quote unquote judgment on somebody when they've screwed me over a certain amount of times or lied to me a certain amount of times. I can't just keep forgiving this stuff and moving on at some point. This is who you are. I mean, once you've screwed me once, it's on you. Screw me twice. It's on me. Screw me three times. I'm an idiot. If I keep forgetting, (laughs) forgiving you, I mean, that's just how it is. And this dude went off. I mean, I got called all kinds of names and I really didn't even respond And I still, it's just, it's amazing to me that even when I try to put forth that I'm just, this is, you know, how I feel and I'm not trying to be mean and just go separate ways. I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's just be done. People want to dig in and uh, I just feel like sometimes people want a reaction, but my more or less, my bigger point is that the whiskey industry or whiskey groups have become a cesspool for uh, lack of a better word of people that are entitled to something or feel like they're entitled to something. They haven't put in their due, which as a person who's the gray beard of person that's been around the groups for a while now, which is amazing since I've only been around for six years, but it seems like I've been around forever because people have been around longer than me aren't really around anymore because it becomes so taxing. It's almost to a point where I'm like, I've got to be out myself because I just can't deal with all this dumb shit anymore. 
just I'm too. I don't want to say I'm too old or too much of an adult because that's I'm not an adult. I am old, but I'm not an adult. I just I can't deal with people's dumb shit anymore. Is what it boils down to. I got too much shit going on here with the kids and my wife to deal with your dumb shit. So yeah, that's my first foray into CM's corner. <laughs> Probably super entertaining for those that aren't privy to the stories. But now here comes your review of the filibuster 15 year old whiskey. Seems like it was picked by a lot of the aficionados of MGP. Cause a lot of them are coming up on the pages with these bottles. And I never knew it was a thing until I saw I traded. First thing I got to say is this cork is a son of a bitch. Mr. Filibuster. I listened to the, not his name, filibuster, obviously, but I listened to his podcast on uh, dad's drinking bourbon. I think they came on. Seems like a super nice guy. The cork they put in this motherfucker. I don't know if it just didn't really fit or what, but it is a super big pain in the ass. Nothing to do with the whiskey. It's just personal. 15 year old whiskey though. 15 year old smooth or uh, 15 year smooth ambler. 15 year old MGP or Seagram's they put on the back. First time I've seen somebody actually put Seagram's on the back, which is awesome to a certain extent. <clears throat> Color. And the bottle looks super dark. I don't know. It might just be this glass. It's amber, as you would expect, surprisingly. Not overly dark. <clears throat> Man, I wouldn't look at this and say, oh, darkness. There's some that just get a lot of char in it. Nose. At first, this is, I cracked this as soon as I got it earlier, like noon. So it's not a fresh crack. When I cracked it earlier, it smelled like straight oak. Not wet wood, though. Just oak. Like char. Now, still super oaky. To get a little bit of... What is that back there? Caramel, maybe? <laughs> that was a big build-up for a typical bourbon note. But it's like, it's so far behind. I've heard if you let this open up, which a lot of MGP, especially older stuff, if you let it lay for a little bit, it'll sort of mellow out. And I didn't find it overpowering earlier, but it's just, right now, the oak is so prevalent. It hasn't dissipated yet. Not much alcohol for 114 proof. They sound not overwhelming on the nose, at least. I'm going to tell you what I tasted earlier. Uh, when I tasted this, I tasted a lot of oak on the palate. We'll see if it changes. Um tasted a lot of oak, but I tasted a lot of sweetness, a lot of cherries, uh, stone fruit. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, just fruit in general, man. It was really super sweet below the oak, which is what I like. Minus the oak. I'm not a big oak bomb guy. 
Finish was a little drying, but it wasn't overwhelming, which is good. But I've come to find that I'm not too... I don't like super drying tannic stuff on the finish, but it's not its not a deal breaker for me. Front of palate, super sweet. The oak doesn't really hit me till the back. Mid palate, oaky, a little bit oaky. Oaky really hits you in the back of the neck, the back of the chin, the throat as it's going down. <clears throat> Finish is somewhat, somewhat lingering, but it's not a Kentucky hug. Whereas it goes all the way, it just sort of sits in the back of your throat. That's what she said. That's gross, Chad. Son of a bitch. Um, <clears throat> Mid-palate, I still get the same thing. A lot of oak, but a lot of fruit behind that. A lot of a lot of cherry, which is what I... That's a note I pick up a lot. See, the thing is, notes are individual to a person. What I, what I perceive as cherry could just be sweetness to somebody else or strawberries or whatever. Or like I was thinking earlier, somebody says... Like my buddy Anthony said, something was peanut butter earlier. And when I tried it, I didn't get peanut butter, but I did get creamy. So a lot of people might perceive peanut butter as creamy because they eat creamy peanut butter. So that's what they see creamy. When I got it, I thought it was like a strawberry cream or chocolate cream. So everybody's different. But oak is definitely prevalent in this. Is it overpowering? Not to a point where I can't get any other notes. It's definitely the in the forefront. I'll, I'll say that. Does it make it unpleasant? Like, is it unpleasantly oaky? No. It's not an oak bomb. It's not earthy. It's definitely sweet with oak. See that one, I got a lot of, man, it just depends on how it hits your tongue, really. Also what she said, but different parts of the tongue, obviously anatomy brings different things. When it's straight down, it's just, you get a lot of oak when it goes straight down, but you hit the sides, you get all that fruit. I don't know if I could really do a bye bar pass on this. I like it. I'll be upfront about it. I traded one of my picks, 14-year-old Traverse City for it, and I really like that pick, and I'm not mad about the fact that I got this. It's different. It's not anywhere close to mine because I don't think this. I don't think mine's anywhere as close to Oki as this, but I might have to do a side-by-side maybe tomorrow, even though I promised myself I was only going to drink one night this weekend. But maybe just that tomorrow. So... Oak is prevalent, but there is a lot of sweet, sweet uh, fruits in there as well. And I will revisit in a couple weeks and see how it uh, mellows out as well. So until next time, enjoy your pours and enjoy your family and enjoy CM's Corner. (laughs) Night, night, guys.